0: you're listening to for the love of it a podcast about good topics and even better people i'm adam neary and i'm your host if you like today's episode you can support the podcast by liking commenting and subscribing and as always thanks for joining us today i know that you and we've talked about this before you have a lot of you in your past had experience with um I, I always struggle with what to call it exactly new age new age spiritualism yeah, cause i know that there's some people number one some people who don't call it new age and some people who have ideas but are in a different category
1: even i struggle with like what to call it new age is kind of like the christianese version of like blanketing hmm. um yeah okay because like i have a friend who's a witch hmm. and like i told him like what i was in like, sp- like i told him what i did and he's like yeah, like that's kind of like a accepted type of new age because it's like mm-hmm. it's not really spe- like, specific or anything and it's mm-hmm. really like generalized and it's kind of just taking taking culture and certain cultures out of context and mm-hmm. using it to your own thing. So it's like it's almost like he kind of explained it to me if what what I'm remembering is correct is like it's almost disrespectful mm-hmm. because you aren't respecting that cultures how they practiced it. Mm-hmm. You're just taking,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which to any extent, like I'm a Christian, you're a Christian. We know mm-hmm. that. Like if somebody took Christianity, like most cults take Christianity and mm-hmm. turn it on its head mm-hmm. and they just take like the parts they want to use to manipulate people. Like all of us are like, okay, that's wrong. Let's the correct yeah. that. Right. Yeah. It's the same thing with like new age mm-hmm. Um, and the way that I was in it. Cause it was like very, just like take what you take what you like from different things and just apply that and see what works for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Ends up providing a lot of different like experiences. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I I, honestly compared to a lot of people and like a lot of stories, I don't have that many that -hmm. are like really, really, really prominent things. Mm -hmm. Um, But it did help a lot. And it still helps a lot with like understanding people. Mm-hmm. And understanding how people think about like religion, but like themselves,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and like how people's brains work,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it sounds kind of like backwards, mm-hmm. um, because like it's supposed to be spiritual
0: enlightenment and like mm-hmm. you know transcending mm-hmm. the re- like
1: this plane of existence, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Whatever. But but you're saying some of the, some of the ideas or ideologies from from sort of new age philosophy, you'd say help help you gain a different perspective. On, on people and understanding people, is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, because like coming in from Catholicism, like being born that, going through school and like doing my whole deconstruction of like any amount of faith I had in anything or any like belief system was like a whole perspective shift every time my perspective shifted. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so it wasn't like I had one to the other, it was like, I was this and then I was an atheist for a little bit and then Mm -hmm. I had to be honest with myself and be like, okay, well, atheism doesn't make sense either because I've been being honest and then agnosticism is more correct. Mm -hmm. And then from that, I was also like thinking there's nothing when there's, at least in my perspective, a lot of evidences that prove that there's not just materialism Mm
0: -hmm.
1: is like that was more honest for me at the time. And so then... I had a friend who, who him and his mom and like one of his like his side of the family, um, practiced New Age. We didn't really call it it, and we didn't really like have a name for it. But um, it was essentially like a more Gnostic type of spirituality. So what we did was more of like a Christian New Age, uh, ironically. Hmm. But um, I also just kind of dabbled in like Buddhism and looking into like Hinduism and. Um, just like the basic new age things you look into, like astral projection and meditations and like, like the binaural stuff, which we can talk about that too. Yeah.
0: We can definitely talk about that. But I I guess it'd be good to define quickly. Like, what do we mean by new age?
1: Um, I think I would define it on a very surface level. It's easy to describe it to people as like the really hippie way of Mm -hmm. looking at, spiritual like like being like a like a hippie in the 70s like dropping ass in and all stuff, like yeah that kind of stuff um but defy i've never
0: had to like because usually usually when i think of it of new age you know because i've had a you know there's a a part of my story where i sort of flirted with those ideas and that ideology and i've always kind of described it as like eastern mysticism and like buddhism but like westernized where it's like like really, you just yeah. think of like this like prototypical like you know hippie out in the West Coast, doing acid, like doing DMT and like having all these visions, and they're one you because I it's very like monistic or pantheistic. or um yeah um pantheistic yeah and so it's very like everything's one everything's sort of like like God is is everything and everything and through everything
1: everything has a divine aspect
0: yeah and there's like this single consciousness or like this single entity that we're all like in touch with and a part of yeah and when we are like doing drugs we're like touching this single consciousness and so that's kind of like been like in general in a general sense my like understanding of sort of new age philosophy yeah
1: and that's the kind of thing that's growing in more, more popularity and i do want to make the clarification because like my which friend i was talking about earlier like he kind of made a point like i was saying like it's kind of disrespectful doing that way which what you just defined like that westernized like eastern mysticism type thing is mm-hmm. what's growing and i think um it's becoming a doorway into those more specific categories mm-hmm where, like, he practices witchcraft and, like, a very specific form of witchcraft. And it's, like, Mm -hmm. okay, it's interesting to find out what he does and, like, how he does it and why he's doing it and stuff. And it's, like, okay, I got blessed to the extent of not having to get that deep into it, into one thing or the other. But, like, Mm -hmm. most people that get into, like, New Age end up from what I've kind of seen going down a more, more specified path, like somebody that I watched a lot started in like kind of new age things. Then he went to like Buddhism and then he got very much into Hinduism and like a lot of things that I've seen, like they don't stick with just like that general Westernized new age,
0: quote unquote category. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cause it's very broad. Yeah. And I think that's important. Important to know is it's almost like you have this like drawer full of just a bunch of different things and they're all just like these different ideas or like concepts. And really it's like one person can say, well, this is what new age is and it's different from the next person who could say what it is. And I think it depends on their experience. I think it depends on like the ideas that they've entertained or like, or pursued. And so I, yeah, I think it's important to make that, connotation because i think it can be very easy to be like okay this is this is the textbook definition of what we're talking about and then we start attacking or like discussing that one thing when really it's not as simple as that yeah you know it's complicated because there's you know all these different ideas all these different things and i think and another reason i think this is important when we're talking about definitions is when we talk about ideas in relationship to Christian philosophy and theology, or just this or just theism, just the idea of God. I think that if we're defining New Age as like this one thing and we've like written it off as like, okay, this is this is not true, like this religion is false or, or indefensible, yeah. for example, then we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater. There's this professor i had in college and um one thing he would always say is all truth is god's truth and there are ideas and concepts that we can talk about that are related to ideas and concepts in this sort of new age sort of you know melting pot of ideas that i think are applicable to things that we could talk about as christians Mm -hmm. and i think if we've categorized it we've boxed it and we've put that box away and then we might miss some very insightful insights, mm-hmm. not just about, um, Christian philosophy, but about theology as well.
1: Yeah. it's one of those things too, where it's like coming from new age and then going into Christian, like becoming a Christian and like going through Jesus, saving you and like redeeming you and like sanctifying you. A lot of that stuff too. Like you basically take everything and you throw it out. Mm-hmm. Like I mm-hmm. literally took everything I remembered that I knew where it was Mm-hmm. and put it in a trash bag and threw it away and like that's good but then a lot of the time people including myself until like right now like we're how we're talking about it it's like you need to do that mm-hmm. until you're mature enough to discern yeah. the like what you're doing and what you're studying yeah because like even when i became a christian a lot of the time i was like still trying to justify certain new age things and mm-hmm. like extra quote-unquote books of the bible that weren't put in the bible so like and stuff uh, yeah, like that apocryphal
0: books yeah
1: but they're not even some of them aren't even ap- apocryphal books they're just like oh extra okay. yeah. extra
0: like yeah i got bible,
1: like at first i needed to be away from all of that mm-hmm. but like coming into it coming into this conversation with like a very refreshed mindset and like view of how the world works and mm-hmm. how like the world works because god's Mm -hmm. in control of it is like Mm -hmm. okay now let's look at these concepts Mm -hmm. look at these things that new age is taking Mm -hmm. let's look at where they're taking it why it might work Mm -hmm. why people have a faith in it why Mm -hmm. why they're trusting that it's doing something Mm -hmm. and let's discern where that's actually coming from and why is this coming from the enemy because the enemy wants you away from God? Or is this something that God implemented in creation that we might be missing because of the mm-hmm. general concept of it? Mm-hmm. Or, like, the general context of it? Because mm-hmm. um, sometimes, some things... And, like, I have no examples. Like, I'm not saying there are things that I believe that, like, other people would be like, that's New Age. Like, I have none. But, like, it'd be interesting, and I think this is why it's interesting to have this conversation, is, like, what might have other cultures found mm-hmm. or figured out? yeah first almost either that or like how like things that we might have lost yeah that we that other cultures brought back and yeah. we're like well maybe this is biblical and we're just missing something
0: yeah you know and it's, Possibly. it's um
1: this is all hypothetical yeah hypothetical <laughs> this is just for conversation like nothing i don't yeah, i just want to set that straight fine.
0: like I'm, I'm just saying first a first point that you were <laughs> making is um you were talking about being firmly rooted in theology and I think that's a really important point you made um, because I found well I found that in my own life um, now that I've sort of been through this journey of you know going through Bible college and then going to graduate school and I feel more confident in many of the stances that I take some of them you know are less confident but a lot of them I feel I feel confident in what Scripture has to say about that thing mm-hmm. and I feel that as a result of that I can look at new ideologies, old ideologies, different ideologies, and I can look at them through a lens of discernment, like you were talking about. And I feel that um, it's very important to have that foundation. The problem is, I think there are a lot of churches that don't offer that foundation. Mm -hmm. And I think you see that in a lot of churches that are very, like, um, get people in the door driven. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's called, like, seeker-sensitive or... or, Seeker-friendly? Yeah, they want people to get into the door, but you could be sitting in church there on every Sunday for five years of your life and never grow more rooted in your faith. Yeah. And that's a very huge problem because then you have people that can just walk into their lives and start saying things, and it sounds good. And they say, Okay, well, I guess that's true. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, you know, 10 years down the road, what they believe looks nothing like it's talked about in Scripture. Yeah, that's and a really good point. I think the sad part is we've we've seen that happen, and we're still seeing that happen in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need people who are deeply rooted to not only know, not only have an intimate knowledge of that foundation, but to be able to share that with others. Mm-hmm. And be like, hey, look, I want you to have a deeply rooted foundation so that any idea that comes into your life, you can discern, not judge, discern Mm -hmm. say hmm i'm gonna take scripture i'm gonna look at that and then i'll look at this i'm gonna see what they have to say
1: and like even that is like is taking because like having a firm foundation in like scripture and in your faith isn't just going to the right church though and having the right pastor i know you know this but like Mm -hmm. having one person teach you like it is also you having to go out and do your own research and studying Mm -hmm. and comparing different commentaries and Mm -hmm. other studies and really like diving into scripture and looking at like the verses in context comparing them to other verses in scripture like it isn't just being taught from one person or another Mm -hmm. because i think on the other end of that this point that you're making which is a great point is the my way or like our way Mm -hmm. or like you're wrong
0: Mm, yeah, yeah. Where it's that's like true. you
1: go to a church and it's like this is the truth of yeah. God's word. Yeah. Here are these perspectives and if you don't believe these or subscribe to these yeah. then yeah. you're probably and a and false... you're,
0: you're quickly falling into legalism. I think it's that's a, another very 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 good yeah. point to make. Because like I know we
1: I hold a generally different end times belief than most of like you or my other friends or our other friends and like no one that I know that I've talked to about it has been like, oh, you're going to hell. You don't believe in Jesus. It's like, yeah. okay, no, you believe yeah. in a different understanding of the end times. But you yeah. have, like, I know that Christ is still king yeah. and Christ is yeah. the only one because we Because ta- we're talking about
0: essential doctrines. Yeah. And it's, you know, another example is, you know, I'm an old earth creationist. And there's a lot of young earth creationists, um, yeah. you know, that are in my life that I'm very close to. And we have an incredible relationship. And that difference has never been a divide because we agree uh, unanimously on what are the essential doctrines of the faith and I think that's that's a really good point you're making because that helps us to discern okay, what must I believe unequivocally not left or right but what must I believe in order to have the faith that I have yeah. and um, you know I think that those doctrines are doctrines where we absolutely must put our foot down and say these don't change these cannot change mm-hmm. but i think there are other doctrines or concepts of the faith that don't necessarily they're more of a of a gray issue mm-hmm. or a secondary issue um i think of you know alcohol is one of them mm-hmm. you know a lot of people are very against alcohol a lot of people are not very against alcohol me <laughs> and, <laughs> and i i think it just i think it just depends on your interpretation of scripture i think you know cessationism versus you know the spirit gifts i think is another one of them um i have friends that are very close to me that i love on both sides of that that conversation i think that when we have that foundation that we're talking about i think then we can begin exploring these different things because we know like we know that when we come across something that isn't true or is dangerous we know that the spirit is going to, number one, convict us, Lord willing. And we also can trust that we can have the judgment and discernment to recognize when something when something affects other parts of our theology and other parts of our, our ideology as well. I think a, real, a great example, I think a very common example is meditation. I think meditation is one of those things that we can certainly redeem into our sort of, tool set i don't know what to call it sort of our, our christian ideology because uh, i think there's a lot of benefits to it i think there's a lot of healthy things to it um now here now this is i guess this could be another conversation is we don't want to christianize we want to look at meditation and be like okay like this is actually like a really there's some things here that i think are, are true that could be really helpful really beneficial as christians but i don't want to christianize it and suddenly like what i'm doing is no longer what it's supposed to be meditation is is at its basis clearing your mind from distractions and setting your focus on one single thing whatever that thing might be and allowing your mind to be emptied Mm -hmm. at its at its at its core um and i think if we look at that through discernment we can say how can that principle be applied to my life as a christian yeah and you know i think for example it could be as simple as clearing my mind of distractions and filling it up with scripture Mm -hmm. um or clearing my mind from all distractions and filling it up with prayer Mm -hmm. and you know the time i spend with god um you know i think that meditation is another valuable tool when it comes to um dopamine fasting uh an excellent tool And, and so I think in those ways, I think that's kind of like a more simple, it's, there's a lot more complex examples. I think that's one of the simpler examples.
1: And it's one of those things where like, I've had this conversation with one of my agnostic friends, um, because he's like, like really for meditation. He's an advocate. Yeah. And he like, um, he's been like, why can't, like, can you meditate? Like, why can't you like, and I've told him like, no, like I can't personally, Hmm. because For me, where I came from, not to say that I'm, like, in the way that you've, like, talked about it, right, like, not to say that God can't redeem it Mm -hmm. and use it Mm -hmm. in a healthy way, Mm -hmm. but for, like, when he was asking me, no, Mm -hmm. I couldn't because of how I viewed it and how I did it. Mm it was very transcendental, very zen and the issue with me trying it would be that my mind would end up going to mm. that place again, mm. and then would almost be habitually forced to like test those waters again. Yeah, not necessarily because I want to, mm-hmm. but out of like habit, out of
0: curiosity. I mean, that's why an alcoholic doesn't drink, and that that might be like an extreme analogy, but it's like like yeah. For well, me, yeah. I don't str- like I never struggled with being a drunkard or like an alcoholic yeah. in any way and so you know i have no problem if you had a drink around me or if people had a drink around me you know but if i'm around someone who struggles with alcohol i'm not going to drink yeah it doesn't it doesn't matter it, it might it might be a loose analogy but i think i totally understand what you're saying that like yeah. there's this association and as a result of that association you have discerned rightfully and recognize that's not a good idea for you to try and redeem that idea into your life because it's 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 really second not even secondary it's like tertiary <clears throat> yeah you know this this whole idea
1: well like another one that I I want to really dive into more is like breathing and breath work mm. um and like like Wim Hof stuff mm-hmm. because like he might do his in like a spiritual-esque way mm. but at the basis of it it is just breathing Yeah, it is just a breathing technique that he figured out Mm -hmm. and does and it works. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. he's physical proof that it works. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's really interesting. But breathing and breath work is a very, like, it is something we do constantly to survive every day Mm -hmm. and night forever until you die. Mm -hmm. And like, it is very underestimated, undermined, undermined. It's very undermined. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or like, not, yeah, people don't think about it a lot. But it's very, like, like if you do it and you do the right... Like, if you do it right, if you breathe the correct way... Like, I used to breathe the, into my chest. And mm-hmm. I'm doing it now because I don't talk a lot. Mm-hmm. Like this. And I get nervous. Mm-hmm. And when I do, like, I breathe up here. And then I have to, like... <sighs> to, like, yeah. relieve myself. Yeah. To, like, figure that out. Mm-hmm. But, like, I had also... I used to do that a lot more. And I started breathing into my stomach. Like, my mm-hmm. diaphragm. Mm-hmm. And, like, way more relaxed most of the time. Mm-hmm. Way more, like... I'm able to stay calm a lot more generally Mm -hmm. in just either, not even high stress, but just like Mm -hmm. general stress situations and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like that one little change I've noticed Mm -hmm. helps a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's just something I've learned to do. And it's like, I kind of want to explore that more because I've it's, never had. It's a crazy. You mentioned
0: experience. that. Cause I, I was literally just doing breathing exercises this morning. Amazing. Um, I was too. I had yeah, migraine and I went on like with a breath work. Guy, and I was like, you doing the, how yeah. do I get rid of this? <laughs> My Fitbit has like this thing where you, you hit relax mm-hmm. and it will just cycle through breathing exercises. And so like sometimes I'll like look at my heart rate and be like, yo, it's like 90 beats per minute. So I'll just do like a stress thing. And that's actually pretty awesome. But yeah. so when we talk about breathing exercises, I feel like it, it would be good to talk about like, what do we mean by that? Like, cause you were talking about stress. So I guess that's one thing mm-hmm. that is the goal of breathing exercises, you know? So when we're doing breathing exercises, what are our goals? Like what exactly is the purpose of those things? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. And like, that's kind of like, I don't have as much. It's one of those things that I want to get into and like under not get into but like to mm-hmm. research more mm-hmm. because like like I was saying like with with this is a little off topic I know we can probably we, we can get back on but like mm-hmm. maybe last point on this is like like the Wim Hof thing like men can sit in ice naked yeah and be fine yeah like that's insane mm-hmm. that's amazing
0: yeah and I think it, yeah and I think that speaks to I think that can speak to what the goal of breathing exercises would be. And I feel like just just from sort of a first glance observation, I think one of the goals is is sort of this unity, this harmony, like this balance in your mind and in your body mm-hmm. so that as you have a as you're lowering the stress in your body and in your mind, you're they're cooperating more together. And I could, I could be wrong, but I feel like just looking at it at face value, I think, okay, I feel like there's, through these exercising, these exercises, you're gaining this harmony. You're gaining this balance in your body and in your mind, and they're working it together. Mm-hmm. And if that's true, I feel like that would be really insightful for many reasons, because we, we talk about unity in Christianity, too. We talk about this idea of shalom. Um, When someone says, peace be with you, you know, they're they're using the word shalom there. And the word shalom means a unity. It means Mm -hmm. togetherness. Um, In fact, we we see God as the shalom, the perfect shalom, because God is unity. Mm -hmm. God is perfect in relationship to himself. And God the Father, God the Son, and Holy Spirit. And so I think that's a really interesting thing, concept to talk about, because when we talk about God being the Shalom, we talk about, okay, well, what does it mean for me to be Shalom? Like, what does Shalom look like for me? Mm. And I think that these exercises could potentially help us understand that more and explore that in a deeper sense, because I think what these exercises do, again, you know, I could be wrong, but I, I feel like what they do is they help eliminate the things in our life that are not attributing to our shalom Mm -hmm. Um, social media tv different all these different distractions mostly dopamine you know channels but all these distractions and it puts our body and our mind in this harmonious state so that the relationship between them is better Mm
1: -hmm. well and even like this is just an in the moment thought comparison okay for theology's purposes i don't mean this to be truth but like when Paul talks about the the body like the body of Christ being one well, like having many members of the body mm-hmm. right like you still need your pinky toe just as much as you need an eye you mm-hmm. still need yeah. your right hand just as much as your left vice versa right mm-hmm. like every part has a purpose mm-hmm. and in a perfect world mm-hmm. they should be working together perfectly mm-hmm. yeah and that too, Paul's using the comparison of a body, a physical, like, human body, mm-hmm. not just a group,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? And, like, that is an example of mm-hmm. him taking something that everyone's familiar with, mm-hmm. which is your body. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he's implying that if your body worked perfectly, too, and, like, this is just my thoughts. so, like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's implying that if you had a perfect control over your body or if your body worked perfectly and Mm -hmm. wasn't corrupt by sin or like even the things that we do to it now, Mm, like the things we input physically, mentally, Mm -hmm. emotionally, spiritually, um, what we eat and consume Mm -hmm. in any way is like, if you did, if you did have that control over, or if you did have that health and get closer to like that, almost like benchmark health. Mm -hmm. Then like you would have, a, I feel like there's a lot more that we that we could do that we're lacking, and I yeah. think like Wim Hof is the like an yeah. example of that with like the breathing thing, yeah. and I don't know he probably yeah. eats healthy and stuff, blah blah blah. Yeah, doesn't matter. Like, but like I feel like God made us more capable mm-hmm. than we are now
0: mm-hmm.
1: because of like how we. I know we yeah. all talk about it a lot with like dopamine and like yeah. just. Like the overstimulation yeah. of things that we just numb yeah. ourselves. Yo,
0: that's deep. Like what you're talking about, because like <laughs> it kind of was a ramble. No, that's that's dude. That's I hope good. The
1: puzzle pieces fit together.
0: No, that's a good point you're making. Because like Paul's talking to the, the Corinthians there, mm-hmm. and I mean the reason he is talking to the Corinthians is because they're not unified as a church, mm-hmm. and the reason they're not unified as a church is because we're all fallen. We live in a fallen world, and so the the body of Christ is always going to be imperfect and so if the body of christ is always going to be imperfect then so is our body is going to be imperfect and you know we think of three unities here we think of the unity our unity the unity of the body of christ and then the unity of god the unity of god being the only perfect unity um our like our unity is body soul and spirit and when we look in genesis um And man formed, uh, or God formed man out of the dust of the ground, body, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, spirit, and man became a living soul, nefesh. And I think that there is a unity between those two, sorry, between those three things. And we live in a fallen world, so therefore that unity is not in shalom, it's in imbalanced. Um, I mean we are we're, before we're redeemed or regenerated by Christ we're living in our sins mm-hmm. and so that is a huge imbalance and I think that we do focus a lot on we we recognize that the church struggles with unity and we recognize that there are a lot of things that we could be doing and should be doing to unify the church to grow the church. What does that look like when we're looking at the unity within ourselves? Mm-hmm. Um, And I I think we do things all the time to help that unity. I think, you know, just daily routines and rituals and good, you know, good health, um, mental health, I think, are are all of those things that contribute to that unity within yourself. Um, But I think there are other aspects to it that, for example, like you're talking about breathing exercises, I think there are other aspects to it that could greatly increase our inner relationship with our inner unity Mm -hmm. that we less often talk about or less often looked into well because they're attributed with something that we we tend to shy away from because mm -hmm. of its association with other ideologies
1: and i think too like because like i think a big thing for this conversation that people would bring up right is like where are you going to find that in the word of God? Not to say that you shouldn't look in scripture. Mm-hmm. You should always. And if like there is zero thing pointing to it, mm-hmm. it is definitely something to take into consideration as like, maybe don't do this. Mm-hmm. But I think a big thing is like when we talk about stuff like that, and we get into like these really weird niche conversations about stuff like this, it's like mm-hmm. the Bible, scripture, the center focus of scripture is christ and what christ did Mm -hmm. throughout all of humanity to Mm -hmm. save us Mm -hmm. like yes the law is in scripture the Mm -hmm. law is there for a very pivotal and like important purpose Mm -hmm. to show us what christ saved us from it's there to remind us that like we can't do it ourselves Mm -hmm. that is as again inevitably pointing to the importance and the need for christ Mm -hmm. all of it's christ focused so, like, yeah, you're probably not going to find, most likely, anything in there about, like, specific
0: breathwork techniques. Like, yeah. You know no, what I mean? I, I think that's a really in, important point to make, because we're not talking progressive Christianity here. No. And I think, exactly, I think if that point's not made, I think if you don't have that line, then it is something you can easily flow into. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I think, too, like, with like in terms of the unity thing, we talk a lot about unifying the church. Mm-hmm. Which is, t- which is a good thing. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, um, but like, we don't as a church necessarily talk about like the importance of making sure like you're like personally unified and mm-hmm. like that. And like what that looks like is how we kind of describe it as like your health yeah. is important. Your physical, mental, mm-hmm. spiritual, emotional health is mm-hmm is important it's important to god and that is probably going to be the first thing that is impacted Mm -hmm. because like if you're out of shape or if you're not eating healthy Mm -hmm. or being healthy which i'm not right Mm -hmm. it like it takes a it takes an effect in different ways Mm -hmm. because like the worse you feel meant like the worse like eating junk food all the time it's gonna make you feel gross Mm -hmm. then it's gonna take an effect on your mental health because mm-hmm. you always feel gross. So you're going to feel bad constantly. You're mm-hmm. not going to be able to do what you want to do physically. So yeah. you're going to make it... It's even going to take... It's going to hit your mental mm-hmm. health and emotional health worse, etc. etc. Yeah. right? And like, we talk a lot about like, we have to unify the church. Good. Yeah. We also need to start at like the ground level too. Mm-hmm. Of like... And even like... what What is it? I think, is it Tim... It's when one of the apostles or books talks about men or pastors or whatever not even being able to manage their household. Mm -hmm. Like, even to that extent, like, you shouldn't lead a church if you can't manage your household. Okay, Mm -hmm. so why are we trying to Mm -hmm. unify... Well, not why are we trying to, but like, on the same coin, if Mm -hmm. you're trying to unify the church, you should be trying Mm -hmm. to consistently... Unify yourself mm-hmm. with Christ.
0: hundred percent, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when Paul talks about, you know, fleeing from sexual morality.
1: But really quick, what my last little point on that was, is like, unifying yourself with Christ, but unifying your... That looks like not just your prayer life and your reading life and your church life. That is like, all of it co-mingles. Like, ironically, right, we're talking about, we started talking about like New Age stuff. -hmm. And like you talk about, like everything's one in oneness, right? And nothing, no, that's not true. Not what I'm saying. But like, in like a weird kind of roundabout way, like everything is unified. Mm -hmm. Like you can't separate your spirit and your soul and your body. So therefore, you should, through prayer and through your relationship with God, have Him unify all of that too. Like while Mm -hmm. you work on your relationship with God, you should be working on. God, what do you want me to do physically? How do you want me to be healthy? What are the things that I need to work on yeah. emotionally? I and mean, who do I need to forgive? How do I need to forgive myself? How do I how is my eating habits affecting me? And how is that affecting my relationship with other people? Because like all of that stuff plays a part. Mm-hmm. Like cause health isn't just a one one like one thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something that we don't talk about enough at all. Nor do I even think about it enough. <laughs> right? Yeah. But no, we're talking about it. And no, one hundred
0: percent true. And I think that, um, I think that one place where we see this, this unity, this relationship that you're talking about between those different aspects of of your inner person as well as as, as in in the church, is, uh, for example, like sexual immorality. I think is a really good example because I'm harming my body by, you know, watching porn, for example, mm-hmm. and as a result, I'm harming my brain because I'm becoming addicted to um, you know, certain dopamine patterns. And as a result, that affects my mental health. So it's affecting my physical health, and then it affects my mental health, and then it affects my spiritual health. And I think what you're saying is really important because we tend to isolate the things that we need to work on. Like, oh, I need to spend more time in prayer. I need to read my Bible and pray and go to church. And we're really focused on my spiritual life isn't doing well. I need to do more of these things that are spiritual in order for it to do better. I need to have better mental health, so I need to, you know, listen to good music or go to a therapist. When in reality, it's a relationship between all of them. Mm-hmm. And like you, the example that you were giving um, is a personal example to me because when I went through my journey of losing like forty-five pounds. Mm-hmm. I realized very quickly that the more that I took care of my body, the better I took care of my mind. And the better I took care of both my body and my mind, the more I felt prepared to face some of the things that I would face spiritually, whether it be temptations. And I think that relationship is very vital and very important, but we often overlook it. And I think one of the reasons we often overlook it is because of the society and culture we live in. That we, we live in this very, like, go, 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 go society and culture. And as a result, that puts us in bad mental or bad physical health. Mm-hmm. And because we're in bad physical health, we have this, like, sort of negative mental health, you know, where it's like you have to take a, a mental day from work just to sort of, like, regroup and not, like, you know, burn out. Mm-hmm. And I think because of these cultural expectations, they've seeped into... Our Christian lives, and that we've we've introduced that let's go 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 rushness hurriedness sort of American ideology into our lives. Did We're, you
1: mean into our churches, or did you mean into our-,
0: into our churches? Yeah. Okay. We've we've introduced this go 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 let's go like like busyness American busyness into our churches, and it's having the same effect in our churches as it's having in our personal lives. That's
1: yeah, and
0: okay, that's. Yeah, and I, I run into this all the time, man. Where I'll be talking to someone, and they'll be telling me how stressed they are, and all and all these things. And I'm telling them like, just just relax, like just stop, just stop, slow down, take a breath, like stop filling your life up with all these stressful things. Stop putting yourself in these positions, and they. It's almost like they're not able to to do that because they're like, oh, well, I, I can't not do this or I have to do this or, well, I have to go to work and and so then I have to be stressed because of my work environment. And there's always these, like, they think that there's no mobility to get themselves out of those situations when there is, there always is. Mm-hmm. And I fall victim to those situations too. Absolutely. I'm My life's not 100% stress-free. Absolutely. But I'm able to slow down and recognize... Okay, this is this is there's too much here. I need to slow down. I need to find peace in my life right now. And that's why I have things that I live by that I just I I I don't move, I don't budge on. For example, I don't work on the weekends. And everyone I work with knows that. Some people do. Some people they're you know, their Microsoft Teams or Slack, it's open all weekend and they're responding and they're sending emails. I don't. I shut off all those apps. I turn off all the notifications, and it's very important that I take that time. Mm-hmm. And I don't work. Um, I'm a huge advocate of the four-day work week, by the way, but I don't want to get too off-topic.
1: I have that book. <laughs> oh, wait. No, my bad. Different yeah. book. Different, yeah. book but Different book, but there's me.
0: probably a book about it. Probably. Um, and so I think it's very important for us to not only recognize the physical health things in our life that are preventing us from being healthy. Feeling healthfulness is very important. And secondly, those mindfulness things, those things in our life that are giving us stress and stress, which often leads to depression. I don't think we speak to those enough as a church. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we act on providing opportunities for people, part of our community to seek health and and to seek um, healing from those things.
1: Yeah. And really quickly, because you said the word, you said a trigger word. Mindfulness is a big thing that's been, I think, stolen by, like, New Age, unquote, and, like, whatever. 100%. Right? And I think that's something that's definitely a thing that we need to, like, take a completely just open look at Mm -hmm. and, like, really just, okay, what is mindfulness? What does it mean? What does it actually mean? Mm -hmm. And how do we apply it biblically? Because it is a thing that is good. Mm -hmm. Because mindfulness is very good like that kind of Mm -hmm. mindfulness is like a whole habit Mm -hmm. and like people neglect it and i neglect it because of where i heard of it first Mm -hmm. which is bad and it's not a bad thing
0: um and i want to make a point about that but um the first timothy three four passage that you were talking about Mm -hmm. um just to go over that he must manage his own household well keeping his children submissive and respectful in every way. And I do think in that specific passage, the word, the Greek word "orcos," is being used to refer to an actual household. However, the word has also been used um, in reference to just any dwelling place, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be um, of tents or a place where one has fixed his ref- uh, residence or uh, of the human body as an abode um, of demons that possess it. So I do think that, um, and Strong's definition does sort of hint at that um, oikos of uncertain affinity, a dwelling, more or less extensive, literal or figurative. Mm. And so I do think that it, an argument can be made that the word being used there can refer to not just his household of people, but also his own self. Mm-hmm. However, I don't, I don't necessarily think that's the way the word's being used in that specific passage. It's not, but yeah, yeah I think the context means okay, it's just its meaning. Yeah household of actual people um but back to what we were talking about uh, about mindfulness i think that's a really important point that you're that you're making um because when we talk about mindfulness you know i think a lot of people get this idea that like they a lot of people get this idea that mindfulness is like this hippie out in the woods like sitting next to a tree meditating doing drugs and like freeing their mind and spirit bro like far out i think that's very very far from what we mean when we talk about mindfulness yeah and i think like you were talking about that has been it's been stolen stolen thank you um when we talk about mindfulness for example let this mind be in you which was in christ jesus um i have been uh crucified with christ it's no longer i who lives but christ who lives in me And so for me, at least, when I talk about mindfulness, I'm talking about the act of clearing my mind from all distractions so that I can pursue a better unity in my life so that I'm in a better predisposition to pursue that Mm Christ-likeness, to pursue that mind which was in Christ Jesus. And so it's not the act of freeing my mind from everything to become nothing certainly not and it's certainly not the act of seeking my inner self mm-hmm. but rather it's the act of being mindful of am i living a unified whole healthy life yeah so that not only can i be pursuing that christ likeness because i should be pursuing that christ likeness regardless of of where i'm at but being mindful helps me not only to pursue that, but it helps me to speak better into the lives of others. And I Absolutely. and I truly believe that it allow it, it puts us in a position so that God could better utilize us for things like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, like to another like they can be different, but like a synonym that I think of with mindfulness is also like self awareness. Yeah, yeah. too, um, to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, but like being self aware, and like really learning to be Mm self-aware is almost, it's probably the most vital thing God has ever taught me Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, in terms of my relationship with people Mm -hmm. and in terms of my relationship with him and how it's been the aid of how Mm -hmm. fast I did mature Mm -hmm. for the time period that I've been a Christian from being a new age. Mm -hmm. Um, But like that concept of like mindfulness and self-awareness is the thing that also puts also helps me put into perspective other people yeah. and yeah. like other people that have different belief systems and that have yeah. different mm-hmm. um, ideologies, whether those be agnostic atheists, different spiritual beliefs or spiritual mm-hmm. whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because it took me. And that's the other thing about like the perspective shift that we talked about in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, it taught me that like, God taught me through all of that. Like, The way that you believe things and think isn't the only way that people do. Mm -hmm. Not that what they're thinking or believing is true, Mm -hmm. but it's different. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And having that, like, I've been there type of thought process Mm -hmm. now, like, I've literally experienced it and lived it and Mm -hmm. have been there is, like, helped me better communicate with people that don't believe Mm-hmm. And better communicate with people um, just in general of like, I might not know what you're going through or I might actually have some understanding of what you're going through. Mm-hmm. But like never, it, it it's helped me to not be like, to not fall into that trap of like arrogance mm-hmm. and ignorance. Mm. Um, so I think it's a very, very important thing that we talk about not at all. Not a lot not at all, very, very little, very rarely um
0: and for the same reasons that you're bringing up yeah. so maybe we should talk about like what does it look like to be mindful and i because I think that could look different for for other people because I think that I think if you have pursued that idea, then it might look different in your life because the things that you do to to help you become mindful and in a healthier predisposition could be different for someone else just Mm -hmm. depending on on your needs or the things that you struggle with uh i know for me and this is this is more of a recent thing one of the things that i've really been pursuing is lowering or just all right eliminating dopamine channels in my life Uh, because i think that dopamine addiction is a huge part of what's been negatively affecting my mindfulness and the spiritual mental and physical shalom in my life and you know i got rid of my tv I, my, my living room where my tv used to sit there's a piano <laughs> nice. um and so i haven't been 100 percent at it it's it's a journey it's something that's going to take time mm-hmm. but i've i've definitely noticed a difference already just getting rid of my tv and
1: i'm assuming when you say dopamine channels you mean like like the quick fix, like, fast food-esque dopamine, like,
0: yeah, type channel. Yeah, like, just at its base, the things in your life that are giving you those reward feelings, uh, junk food, like, fast food, um, like, playing video games, watching, you know, videos or social media.
1: Yeah, I guess I'm making the distinction because I've actually actually just saw something pretty recently. It was, like, the guy explained, he's like, how do you learn to enjoy hard work it is by getting rid of the things that reward you for doing nothing and mm-hmm. rewards you very fast yeah because yeah. getting rid of dopamine isn't wrong it's getting rid of the channels that give you dopamine yes that don't provide any value in your life yeah well,
0: 100% because reading a book gives you dopamine but reading a book is going to give me a healthy level of dopamine compared yeah. to You know, eating fast food and watching, you know, an action movie at the same, or scrolling through social media, for example. Yeah, Um, I think porn is a great example because porn is like one of the greatest, like, huge rushes of dopamine. And anyone can tell you, anyone that's
1: described that that it's a drug.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) Anything, anyone can tell you that the more you do something, the less of an effect it has on you, and Mm. so your mind wants more of it because it becomes numb or adjusted to that level of dopamine. Mm -hmm. And so, for me if I, by eliminating a lot of those channels and restoring a healthy appreciation for dopamine in my mind, that helps restore a greater degree of mindfulness Mm -hmm. because those quick fixes like you're talking about, they stand in the way of us being able to pursue that mindfulness because rather than pursuing unity, we're pursuing the next dopamine fix. Thanks for tuning in to For the Love of It. Tune in next week for more great conversation. Love you all and have a good night.